Hey, my friends, how the heck are you? Josh here. I'm joined by my good friend, Patrick Clark, who is an entrepreneurial maniac in the home service business uh, area. He's got multiple companies. He's even licensing his multi-million dollar company. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He's a business coach. He's, he's, he's got a physical, uh, uh, a cleaning product company. Patrick, I, I don't even know how you're holding this all together, but you're growing like a rocket ship. And I'm really thankful that you're taking a few minutes to talk to us about employees as you know, is uh, one of the biggest pain points for all of us small business owners. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is awesome. So you grew up with a silver spoon and had everything handed to you on a platter, correct? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no you have uh, an insane backstory. You had a hard life, man. And uh, we know each other personally, and you don't have to necessarily go all the way down that road. But what you're doing is really amazing. You've had insane growth which puts a lot of pressure on the company. You're, you're growing your team, you're expanding, you have employees. Uh, how's the ride been the last few years with all this growth? I mean, what's the truth about all that? Man, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. I mean, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. It's hard, you know? There's been struggle, there's been massive wins, you know? Uh, definitely, definitely a lot of success, but a lot of failures too, you know? Where we just get slammed down and we gotta figure out, so where do we go from here? It's not throwing the towel and quit. It's how do we fix this problem and become problem solvers and, and work our way out of this. But, you know, the last couple of years, you know, in, in 2015, for instance, you know, we were, we were at like nine, nine fifty. We're going to, we were hoping to break the million dollar mark, you know, and then my mom passed away and then my wife's mom passed away just four months later. So it was really, really hard for us. And we just kind of were like, all right, I'm done with this, you know, and we ended up hitting it. And then that next year, and um, we hit, we took a little bit of a hit that next year and we started getting it back. All right, let's, let's do it right in 2018. And then that was our best year was 2018. Well, uh, we did almost 1.3 million um, in 18. And then this year we're just crushing it. The team is really strong, but people don't know this. Like, I literally started out this year with one technician. Really? Yep. Did one technician. Have, what part of the country are you in again? How seasonal is the business where you are? Yep. So I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. So we can work. Uh, we normally take the winters off, but we'll work about 11 months right up until December 20th. Actually, that's my birthday. So we'll work right up until my birthday. We have a Christmas party. And then we normally would take um, January and February off. And we have done that for the last two years. Like we laid some people off and they would get unemployment. My technicians were just kind of frustrated though when they came back in February because they're like, that process was ridiculous. I had to still, you know, apply yeah. for jobs and all this stuff. I'm like, man, that doesn't seem good, you know? And I was like, well, I really want to do something for the guys, but it's hard to stay busy obviously in January and February just because it's so cold. Um, here and we we're like, well, maybe we can, cause we travel too. We do apartment complexes all over the place. Like we just had a, a crew come back from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, doing a big apartment complex there. Oh, wow. So we were like trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do we stay busy in January and February? But on the other side, we we're like, I don't even want to work January and February. Let's just take it off and relax. Right. <laughs> Any of that. And then, you know, hit it hard for 11 hard months, you know, and get it while it's good. But again, this year we came back to it and we like, we had Miguel, man. He's my rock star right now. He um, is our trainer, but I literally have one technician and 
this has happened before too. And Miguel was still stuck it out, man. And he's, he's my right hand man. So I still had the directors though. So the office staff was still there. Audrey, um, she's my office manager. She is just company oriented. Like she is another rock star. And then I have a financial uh, manager and then I have a sales manager and I have an operations manager. And do you guys carry them through the winter on like a salary or a reduced salary or something? So they yeah. don't, so your, your leadership team is in place, but it's hard just like it is for my company. It was the same way. The, the, the technicians on the bottom, it's hard to hold them together when they can't work for a couple months. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you guys, obviously what's funny is, you put together the team, you have the technicians, you're doing these huge numbers, but I go on Facebook and people are saying, ah, oh, it's impossible to find good help. There's no, all these millennials, <laughs> the millennials. Yes, the millennials, right? they're evil. So I acknowledge that there is challenges, uh, but I also want to point out that it's completely solvable and overcomeable. And that's why I'm talking to people like you. So let's. Uh, yeah. what I wanted to focus on and ask you specifically about was, you know, the five different types of employee systems that I always teach, which is, you know, recruiting, interviewing, hiring, training, and leadership development. Each of these things we could talk about for an hour probably. Um, but I'm curious, your mindset, your philosophy, your systems, any kind of hacks, tri what, what's happening from your perspective with those five things. Let's start with recruiting. What does it look like for you uh, to go find and attract applicants? So what we're doing um, is Indeed, you know, everybody knows about Indeed. But we were getting, so Indeed like, is kind of like a hit or miss. So we do a couple different things, but Indeed has been pretty good this year for us. Sometimes you get people on Indeed that just have to fill out the application just because they're, you know, they want to stay home, but they still got to fill out the applications, you know? Right, like the Every unemployment or social yes. services makes them do it or, yeah. Exactly. And then they're like, they don't show up to these interviews. So a lot of guys right now are having an issue where they're getting people applying, but nobody's showing up for the interview. And that's a big problem. But we're doing Facebook ads because they're free. So I'm, I'm, you know, anything that's free, I'm all about. So Facebook has been working out really, really well. Um, we put like, and you got to have really unique titles, like office personality. We had like 160 applicants for office personality, you know, for <laughs> answering the phone, just because I changed it up instead of like office manager or secretary, right. you know, make it fun. And so I try to have like a company culture that's fun that when they come in, I let them know, like, you know, in the interview process, we do a working interview. So like for the technician side, I say, all right, let's go out because everybody can talk the talk in an interview. Oh, yeah, I'm not afraid of heights. No, I could do this. You know, I can lift that, you know, whatever it is. So I'm like, okay, let's go out to the truck real quick. We're going to set up a ladder. Like, oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, put them to the test, put the ladder up on the building, go up the ladder, stand on the roof, you know, and then that way when they get halfway up the ladder and their knees start shaking, they're like, I'm like, all right, come on down, you know, next. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to weed them out. You have to have a process to that. And I just let them know we have a really awesome, you know, company culture here. And if you're not up to speed, you know, if you don't catch on, you don't think ahead, um, your teammate, because we do, you know, two man trucks. And you're just not going to be, a, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb because these guys are hustling. Like we got to, you know, we got to get things done when it's our busy season. And the working interview just weeds out a lot of the people and the questions that we ask, you know, um, when we're doing the interviews, you gotta, you gotta just set the standard of, okay, this is how it's going to work and, and show them the process. Cause 
we use, you know, softwash systems, um, DVDs for the training, the lead tech, assistant tech, plant and property protection, driver road rules. So I got that certified applicator packet way back, you know, 10 years ago. And so I've kind of tweaked some of my videos that I add to it as well for just things that we've done in our company. But I take them through a whole video. It's like 10 hours of online training that they go through and then they take a test after uh, through Softwash Systems. And that's really, really helped us out. It gives them the head knowledge and then we'll take them out in the field and then show them. Because a lot of technicians, just like myself, you know, I could take a test and stuff like that and I might fail. But if you show me hands-on how to do it, you know, I'm going to crush it. Yeah, I love that. It's funny, Mike Dalkey was saying the same thing about the working interview. I don't think he phrased it like that, but that's really, really cool. I never did that. That's freaking genius. That would have saved a lot of time <laughs> yes. if we would have done that. But um, so, I mean, have you noticed differences in the market with, with the applicants and it being harder? Are you having to spend more money on Indeed? And the follow-up question is, do you guys do any anything else to get employees? Do you have any like referral programs for your people or anything like that? Is there any other method um, to where you get applicants or is it just primarily Indeed? No, it, it is. I always say it's kind of like marketing. You can't have all your eggs in one basket. So we tell the team too, like, look, if you've got a friend, because birds of a feather flock together. So if you've got a friend that's just like you, that's a hustler that wants to make some money and hasn't, you know, just has work, you know, got to make some money and got to provide for family um, and is going to show up on time. Um, definitely, you know, have them come in and do an interview. And if they stay with us for 90 days, you know, I'll give them 50 to a hundred dollars uh, to that employee that referred them. And this year, I mean, our team this year is outstanding. We literally haven't had anybody um, calling sick. We do have a guy that comes in like at five minutes late and stuff like that, but we're really like strict with it. My operations manager is killing it this year. He's a uh, ex military. So he's just like, why are you still here? Get the heck out of here. You know? And so things that I don't do normally, cause I'm nice. I'm too nice, you know, to the team. Like, Oh, you were yeah. late this morning. Oh man. You know, I hate that. You know? But this year we were really, really dropping the hammer on it and not putting up with crap. And it's just phenomenal. Like you gotta be slow to hire and quick to fire end of story, you know? And Why do you think these small companies have such a hard time just getting one to two people that work out? I mean, to me, it's them. Like they're not a place worth working for in the first place. They're not paying enough. Their pricing's too low. There's got to be something wrong with either their personality as the owner or the business or the opportunity yeah. in general. Do you think it's easier because you're a larger company now and people feel like, wow, like this is a real career opportunity? And what would you say to someone who's just the owner operator with one truck? Uh, I definitely think it's easier now that we're a larger company. We kind of have a name for ourselves in our area. So like our territory managers literally come to us. Like I haven't really put an ad out for territory managers. I have like um, Sam Brooks. He owned the largest roofing clean, uh, roof in company in Greenville. He had like 14 crews. He was retired. He's like, I want to come work for that company. Then I had another guy that had a, a roof cleaning business. He happened to fall off a roof and get really hurt, but he couldn't clean roofs anymore, but he could do sales. And he knew we were rep a reputable company. Now we have benefits, you know, vision, dental health and stuff. So we're acquiring a little better talent now. Mm -hmm. But for my advice for first starting out, like we get trapped. Like I remember when I had a helper and then I started getting a crew 
and you literally get trapped by those employees and they can, it's like kids. They know, like, they know more about me than I do myself. You know what I mean? They know my pressure points and they knew they're like, well, he needs me. I'll come in late. I'll come in a half an hour late, but he's not going to fire me because he needs me. Mm -hmm. Right. And we get trapped in this and you can't get trapped. You got to have the revolving door and you got to change some stuff up. I always tell people, look, we're hiring to two people cut or we're advertising to two people, customers and employees. Like you got to look the part uniformed, you know, you got to look like the next best thing. They want to be, you know, a part of something where they can grow and really have a career, not, not a job, you know, nobody wants that J O B. They want something that they can advance in, you know, um, have bonuses and, and feel like they can grow. So for me, like what I did was, you know, you've seen my marketing uh, board up in my office mm-hmm. and I do like a marketing slash business count or business plan right when you walk into my office. So whenever I do an interview, I, I take them over there and I say, look, and you can see the numbers and it's like, you know, $205,000 this month, 250,000 this month. And they're like, what do you guys do here again? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we, we clean roofs, you know? And, but look, if you get in at the ground level, we love to hire within. And this kind of goes back to when I was first getting, you know, a job. And I remember working at Eddie's, uh, Eddie's auto repair. And um, I, I was going there every day. My, my uh, foster brother worked there, right? He was the mechanic doing the oil changes. So every day after school, he'd, you know, he'd be working on his car or something like that, putting wheels on the Honda, you know, putting the glow kit around it. So we're all hanging out. And I'm like, man, I need a job. You know what I mean? So I would go there every day and I was like, Eddie, you know, are you hiring yet? And it was, it was a fairly new um, auto repair shop. It had like three bays and he was wanting to do gas here in a little bit and stuff like that. So anyway, I would go there every day and I literally was like, Eddie, you hiring yet? Can I sweep your parking lot? Can I, you know, do whatever? And then, so eventually he was like, yeah, grab the broom, sweep the parking lot. So I literally swept this whole parking lot. I got really good at sweeping, you know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to be the de- best darn sweeper this guy's ever seen. Cause I really wanted to work my way up. And so I swept the whole parking lot. Then he's like, man, that really looks good. All right, here's a here's a can of red paint. Go ahead and paint all the curbs red. It's like, heck yeah. All right, so I'm painting all the curbs, you know. And then uh, I move my way up. Now I'm pumping gas. We got gas and stuff. I'm like, Eddie, can I start checking the oil? He's like, now this is in New York, right? So I'm pumping the gas for him. And uh, I started checking the oil. And this really kind of tells us the timeline, right? This is what, 14, 14, no, more than that. Shoot, it's like 15 years ago, something like that. So I started checking the oil. I'm like, Eddie, we need to get little license plate frames and I'll start putting them on the, the license plates and we'll get more business. He's like, that's a great idea. So we started putting license plates. Every car that came in the gas, gas station got a license plate. Eddie's auto repair, this little car with smoking a cigar, you know, that was his <laughs> logo. And so anyway, I'm sort of moving my way up. But when I was pumping gas, he taught me a really good lesson because, you know, in the wintertime in New York, it's cold. And I always had this zip up, you know, hoodie and I always had my hands in my pockets like waiting for the next guy to pump gas he's like Pat come here and he was a jokester you know he's like come here put your hands up I was like all right so I put my hands up he took the stapler he's like chick 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 down both my pockets he stapled both my pockets and he's like I don't want to see your hands in your pocket I want you always to be doing something you know make it look like you're working because people see that they drive by you know they want to see some you know somebody just looking at you like what are you doing you know what I mean sitting in the gas station whatever and it really resonated with me. So I kind of passed that on to my team. And I'm like, look, you know, we're working for the customer. 
and I say this through the inter- interview process, we're, like we're working for them. Our boss is the customer. Like it's about customer service. It's about wowing them, getting review. You know, that's what's going to make us grow. Not just the cleaning. The cleaning is like, you know, the end part. Yeah. It's the customer experience. So like, don't have your hands in your pocket. Don't be on your phone. Like work for the customer and my guys get $100 tips per man on some of these jobs because they're, they're putting on a show. Like Walt Disney has this quote and I can't quote the quote, but you know what it is. It's like, you know, make it worth watching. Yeah. And that's what his big quote was. So were you, did you have the same type of philosophy when you were an owner operator or when you had one or two crews? Or, I mean, were you attracting good talent then or, or, or did something shift for you and then you could finally grow and build the team you needed? So I, I didn't, I had the same philosophy, right? That like, that was my work ethic because it just, you know, doing a good job for somebody, that's what it was all about. Like I didn't know anything about business, like systems or anything. So what I had going for me was customer service. Like you had to be that guy that everybody kind of remembered. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember washing this house and this lady came up and it was in a, it was in a subdivision. She comes up and she's like, can you give me a price on just the one side of the house? And she's like, that's my son's house. He's kind of, he's going through a really hard time. And you know, he just, he doesn't want to do the whole house. He only has enough money, you know, probably to do one side. And I said, well, let me look at it. You know, I was in the neighborhood. So she had left and I, I was like, I told my guy, I said, we're going to go clean that for free. And if somebody's going through a hard time, we don't know what it is. Let's go clean it for free. So I sprayed the side of his house. You know, it took what, 40 minutes, you know, at that time, cause I'm using a four gallon a minute machine, you know what I mean? And, and put some soap on at that time. So I cleaned the house and she came to out. She's like, you must be a Christian. I was like, I was like, why do you say that? She's like, well, you know, I told you a little bit about what was going on, but you had no idea and you, you don't have to do this for free. I'm like, no, I was like, I am a Christian. I said, you know, God's good. And he knows, you know, what's going on in your life. And I'm going to pray for you. I said, but that's, don't even worry about it. You know? And we ended up getting a bunch of jobs after that. And I'm not trying to say that I did that because of that. You know, that's just the byproduct of that. Right. So that's your mindset. That's your, and, you know, I'm similar minded and I want, I've got to believe that's part of what maybe attracts people to work for us. And cause it's not a gimmick. It's the truth of the core of who you are. Exactly. And some people are just negative. They're like, they, they say that millennials suck and they can't find employees when the truth is, is that they just suck. They have a horrible attitude and who in the God's green earth would want to work for them in the first place. Yes. So, but none of the people watching this, that isn't them. So recruiting, be an attractive character, be someone with vision that's doing no hands in your pot. You're always moving. There feels like there's winning happening and people attract. You're using Indeed. Uh, you do have a referral program, but mostly it's just Indeed, but you're also looking at it from a marketer's perspective with the copy and the language and how you hook people. Uh, yes. When they come to your office, they're blown away. You do a hands-on kind of working interview. That mm-hmm. was all epic. Let's talk briefly about the interview process itself. So any kind of tips, tactics, the questions you ask, what you look for, uh, I don't know, whatever comes to mind. So interviewing would be like the second thing. Yeah. Um, What do you do that's unique or that would be beneficial to to teach someone? So what I do is the interview process. It's kind of, and it it does vary. It's nothing's like straightforward every time, right? Because it depends on the day and how crazy it is and that stuff. But I try to set up the interviews and I'll have them wait in our waiting room and I'll actually have my office manager, Audrey, will ask them some questions. So they're actually doing a pre-interview. They don't even know it. So Audrey's mm-hmm. like, hey, how are you today? You know. So she'll actually ask them the questions. And if she thinks that they're fit for the company, she'll be like, all right, let me go get Pat. But she, if she doesn't like them, she's like, well, he's really busy today. We're good. You know, Have a great day. 
and she'll kind of, you know, really? so yeah. pre-filter them. Yeah. So we kind of pre-filter them. I don't want to waste my time. I got, you know, I got bigger fish to fry. Right. So right. she'll almost pre-filter them in the beginning. But what we look for is obviously, you know, manners, right? Yes, ma'am. You know, that kind of stuff, like how their demeanor, demeanor. Yes. Thank you. So their demeanor, the way they're dressed, I want to make sure that they're 10 minutes early to an interview. You know, you don't want them to be on time or late. Obviously if they're 10 minutes early, like that's a go getter attitude. And um, so anyway, so clean cut, obviously, you know, that kind of stuff. We don't want anybody really with like the big gauges and stuff like that in their ears. And, you know, some people, some of my guys have tattoos, but they're like, Hey, I'll just wear a long shirt. And, you know, I know I need to be professional. So mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff, I'm not against any of that by no means. You know what I mean? You're just um, protecting the brand that you built. Yes. So there, there is the brand you got to watch out for. So we'll kind of look at that. But when I bring them into the interview, you know, I say, tell me about yourself. So I'll kind of do, it's the star approach. And I have it written down, so I can't say it verbatim, but it's the star approach. And you, you can Google, it's like the star for hiring. And you ask them about a situation that they were in previously, how they worked through it. And then I ask them like team building questions. Like, can you work with a team? Because again, we're working with two people on a truck. And if this guy's like a high D, um, and, and when I say that, I'm talking about the disc profile. And we just started using that recently. But I'm a super high D. <laughs> are you? Yes. So I'm an ID, you know? So I'm that personal fun guy. And you got to know how they're wired because, you know, a D is, is great on a truck. Like he'll get it done, but he's not sometimes that customer oriented. He's like, I'm getting the job done and I don't care what you like. You know what I mean? It's done. You're, you're going. Just driver, just yeah. results, all results. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we're looking for now. Like we'll kind of look at that kind of stuff as far as the disc profile goes um, and know what they're good at. And, you know, sometimes we're just in a crunch and like, all right, you know, let, here's the training. Let's do a working interview. You know, let's see how you're out in the field. And then we'll train somebody as long as they're trainable. You know, they don't have to have experience because sometimes with experience comes bad habits and it's like, it's hard to yeah. teach an, an old dog new tricks, right? I agree. Yeah, I think it's so, it's way better to hire someone that isn't corrupted by an old way of doing things. So much easier to shape them. Yes. And so that's what I'm, as long as they're teachable, you know what I mean? If they're like, look, you know. Well, that's another nugget. This. That's actually, sorry to interrupt. That's another nugget because the little businesses, they always want to find someone with experience because they don't have a training system. They don't have anything in place yet. Yes. But that keeps them stuck because now you got somebody with some swag and they're cocky and they know that you need them and they're doing it their own way. You're doing it a different way and you can never really get momentum. Yep. Get out of that. Um, yeah. That's okay. Exactly right. So interviewing, is there any other like uh, specific questions you ask? Do you ever do group interviews or is that pretty much sum it up on how you do Yeah. That? So some of the questions we ask is like, uh, how did you hear about us? What is your timeline for securing a job? What is your current job? Why are you looking to change? Because you want to find people that are already currently in a job. I love stealing people, stealing talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to. So um, I'm going to ask that kind of, you know, why do you looking for a change? And a lot of people are like, man, you know, I just got a cruddy atmosphere. I want some, something. I'll take a hit on my pay to be in a fun environment. We're hearing a lot of that. Mm. Then some of my questions could be like, can you lift 50 pounds, you know, uh, do you consider yourself physically fit? Um, explain 
policy or non-smoker drug use. You know, I'm going to explain my policies and stuff to them. We also do, um, I have cups, right? So they got to pee in the cup because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I can, I can pass a drug test. Oh, you have them do it right at the interview? Right at the interview. It weeds everybody out. Oh my gosh. That's gold right there. So that, it's got to be discouraging though if you're in a pinch and you got five people and they're all seem great and then they're they all fail the drug test. very very discouraging we just had it we had six people didn't pass the drug test none of them none of them i was like you gotta be kidding me so you know again and we ask them can you pass a background check they're like yeah come on man <laughs> well yeah i mean they just lie they're just they full crap so, so you are and, doing background checks and all that stuff. And uh, you can continue. Which, which So I wanted to go off on a tangent right there. When I first started, I wasn't doing background checks. So it was literally, I can tell you every employee story, like crazy, crazy employee stories um, of hiring people without doing a background check or not really, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, you can help me out. Because we literally, I was living in a, you know, in an apartment complex. My trucks were in the RV parking and my next door neighbor was living there and her son would always come over and he looked like a miniature Eminem. Right. And so he would come and, you know, he was, so yeah. So Eminem's not very big to begin with. So this is funny. (laughs) (laughs) So he, he keeps coming by. He's like, Hey, you know, I noticed your work trucks and stuff. Are you guys hiring? I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I need somebody to help out. And um, this was really right in my infancy, right. Of getting a two man truck. So he was going to be the assistant. So he was always, you know, hey, can I borrow 20 bucks? Or, hey, can I borrow 30 bucks? Do not ever give your employees money. It's like feeding cats. They will keep coming back and they will ask for more and more and more. You just don't do it from the get. It's so hard. Yeah, because I I did the same thing, man. Like I have a big heart and I'm like, okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then someone finds out. And then now you have two people and then they come back and you become a payday loan service and it's a total nightmare. And yes. then when you stop, then they're mad as if they're, they're oh. deserve it or something that they're owed it. Yes. Yeah. And it kills me. I'm like, dude, I'm helping you out. And then they're like, I don't feel appreciated. I'm like, dude, I don't feel appreciated. Like, do you know what I'm doing for you? I'm barely getting, I'm barely putting food on the table in my house, you know? Yeah. And so, doing that i mean literally like that exactly happened one guy tried to blackmail me one guy said he was going to meet me at the shop with a a baseball bat and i was like well you know anyway you don't want to meet me at the shop with a baseball bat things will go down (laughs) but you know stuff like that so i was like all right things have to change so you hit those milestones and you're like look this is not sustainable this isn't going to work so that's where i implemented the ask the seal started doing background checks now I'm getting more qualified people, you know, and it, it was a progression and I learned obviously from my mistakes, but it was trial and error, you know, in the beginning, again, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a lot of these podcasts, you know, I didn't even know you when I was first starting, you know, um, and all this stuff that we can really get now, but um, it was a crazy, crazy journey. And now we kind of, you know, weeded out those systems. And again, it's not perfect when we're in a pinch and you're like, shoot, I got one technician this year. What are we going to do? We got to start putting bodies in this building, you know? Do you guys um, recruit year round and, and keep the interview process going just as a hedge against someone leaving or? Yes. Yeah. They always know, look, we're always hiring. Everybody on the team knows that. That way they're like straighten up. They stand up tall, you know, <laughs> they got to know that there's a low man on the totem pole. I mean, literally we had, um, 
we have our sales team and my sales manager just had a meeting with one of my territory managers and he was like, where do you stand in the company? And he was like, I think I'm at the, I think I'm the low man on the totem pole, you know? And he's like having this interview and I could see him through the glass and um, he, he was pretty nervous. I mean, he knew, but my, my manager was like, well, no, I don't think that, you know, I feel like you have a lot of talent here. We need to work on this, but you know, this is where you're at. Cause people don't know you have to have the communication and they have to know yeah. where they stand in your company. And that was my biggest thing, you know, as a 25 year old, um, having multiple people under me, you know, I didn't communicate very well and I still don't like I hold things back cause I don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever it may be. You know, I don't want to offend them or stupid, stupid stuff. You know what I mean? But when you're real with somebody and you're like, look, this is where we're at. This is where you need to be at. Um, this is what I'm seeing, you know, um, they're going to appreciate that and they're going to respect you more yes. and being that, you know, not a, not a hard boss, but being a fair boss Just you clear. Know, and cl yes, clear. clear expectations, communications and well that, okay. So we're kind of, we talked about recruiting, we talked about interviewing. The next one is hiring, meaning like your HR process, background checks, things like that. You kind of already alluded to that, that that's something you do as kind of part of your interviewing process. Um, is there any other weird things you do when they come into the company culture wise or the way you welcome them or anything on the hiring? So side? I never, I, I haven't done anything cool. Like some people, you know, there's like a welcoming thing or they get a welcoming packet or anything. But be honest with you this year, we haven't had any time to do that. And that's an excuse though. It really is because you have to make time for that kind of stuff. But when they come on with us, um, I would like to do something like that. But like this weekend, um, Monday, we're having a big memorial party at my house. So I'm putting up the water slide. I'm having everybody come from the company. So we're going to have like, I don't know, 28 people plus their spouses and kids and everything at my house. <laughs> so it is going to be a bash, you know, and we, we like to do things like that. Like those big things twice, we're going to have a food truck come out. We're just going to have a awesome, awesome time. Um, do the water slide, that kind of stuff. Then on like once a month, we'll do like a training day. And so we'll train for half a day and just kind of refresher, you know, because nobody's perfect and a good refresher, you know, there's a lot in the cleaning, you know, exterior cleaning business. There's just yeah. so many surfaces and things that come up and, you know, unexpected things. You're just like, what in the world? But I like to bring those things up in that, that once a month meeting. So we do it for half a day and then we go go-karting or, you know, we go to top golf or whatever it may be. Right. And we just do something really fun. Bowling we've done. And we try to get everybody involved in that. And they remember these things. Like we do a hose roll up contest and I'm like, whoever can beat me throwing up a high pressure hose, you know, and stick oh, it in a bucket. Are a nightmare. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they like, they win a hundred bucks. So you just make it fun. That's amazing. I love that. It's critical to do. We did so many things like that. It's yeah. I've, High five for the culture stuff. Yes. I mean, you're a team. It's like a football team. It's like a team. You need to work hard together, but you need to celebrate together and mix it all around. When it comes to training, which is point four, you know, there's different types of training. You mentioned the technical training, but you have things like, you know, scripting or sales, or I don't know if you teach your tech sales or not, or how that works. I'm just curious, your whole training scope, what types of systems you've built. You've mentioned that you do a, a company training continuing ed basically once a month. Yes. How, how, what does it look like in your company in terms of someone's brand new, 
the beginner training program? What happens? So what we'll do, like, um, and I'll start with the sales side because every Monday we have a sales meeting. So when I get a new territory manager, we'll go over our sales meeting. So we go over our numbers, what their closing ratio is, how many leads we got. Um, then we'll do basically 30 minutes of training and we'll do different surfaces every week. So we'll do like wood restoration and wood soft washing, right? And then the difference between those. So we'll introduce them to new things. So with the technician side, um, we haven't done that this year yet, but we're about to. So for all the technician side, every week we're going to have like a safety meeting and then we're going to touch on a new training point, but it's mainly out in the field, you know, training for those guys. Um, we have scripts for them, like what to say in front of the customer. So we'll go over that. We also did the beginning of the year. Um, we went over like test questions. So we would talk about different services and like tips that we're using equipment on the truck and they would actually do a they, test when they're a new hire is it like classroom for a day or two or are they getting in the field the whole time and going through this kind of while they're watching the work actually happen or how does okay that so let yeah let's start off from the the new hire so the new hire actually is in the office doing videos for half the day so we try to do like three or four videos until about lunchtime then they go to lunch and then the operations manager will take them out in a field with the crew so with an already working crew and Miguel is our trainer. So he actually is going to start taking the assistant tech. So he's always going to have a new guy. And then once he trains them up, then they'll go out on a truck. So that's going to work out really well. We haven't done that this year yet, but Miguel's like, look, I'm ready to do that. So, cause we were worried about if you put a new guy with somebody, a, a really good lead tech, you're going to stifle them. And then you won't be able to get the production. You won't be able to make the money. He's like, Pat, this is slowing me down. So Miguel is actually going to get like a working manager pay for gotcha. having that new hire. So he's got a whole piece of paper that's going to say, you know, roof cleaning, all the steps, house washing, all the steps. So he's going to have a training sheet that'll actually go through all the steps that he needs to train on because we'll forget or we're out on jobs and we just didn't do that one, you know, like a deck restore because we don't do a ton of those. So we have to go through all those steps to be able to train them before they go out on the truck. And we have a tier one tech, a tier two tech, and a tier three tech. So Miguel is a tier three tech. So whenever somebody new comes on, they're a tier one. And there's a pay scale for that tier one. And then there's a pay scale for a tier two and a tier three. Gotcha. So Miguel is like the buffer. So he's doing real jobs, real field work, maybe a little slower than another crew would because he's working with a brand new guy. Yes. The new guy gets to whatever level of competency where you feel comfortable, you can give him his own truck. Yep. That's what happens. Okay. So that's the process. Awesome. Yep. Do you teach your techs to sell and upsell? Is that part of your training? Is that like a requirement? Is it just a, an additional opportunity for them? How does that it work? It is. We're making it a requirement. Um, we didn't do a lot of upsells. Um, there's a great opportunity for that because when the when the territory manager goes out there and they're required to quote everything on the ticket. So if they don't, then it's opportunity for the technician to say, hey, let me do a demo. And demo sell. Everybody knows demo sell. So the technicians are doing really, really well this year. This is the first year, though, that I really implemented. I mean, we're 13, almost 14 years in business. And we really, yeah, did we get upsells? Yeah, but we never pushed it. And so like this year, they've been pushing it and they get 10% um, on any upsells that they do. And they're upselling $200, maybe $300 every day. Um, and they're doing really well. It's not, you know, week to yeah. week it's, you know, down and up and stuff, but we're keeping track of it. 
and then we want them to do I forget what the goal is off the top of my head, but I think it's like a thousand bucks or something like that to try to get all the trucks to do in a week in upsells. Cause it actually, when you upsell on the tickets, your um, commission for your territory managers will actually drop down. So like my territory managers get 15% commission. So if my technician upsells on a job, we actually have an average of 9% commission going out. So we're actually- Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Cause they didn't, yeah. It was always hard for us to to get our techs to sell or what we tried so many different things. And maybe this is valuable for the people watching, but some techs are like just not salespeople and they're really, really, really good techs and the customers love them and they're, they're all about it, but they get really weird when they try to upsell and they start talking 500 miles an hour and, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, so, and then they cause a stress on everybody and it doesn't work or I'll do an upsell contest, but then you have the one tech who just has the gift of gab. He's like a mini Pat Clark and he, he gets so far ahead of everybody in like the first three days that no one can even have a chance at winning. So then the contest doesn't even work because they have no chance. Yeah. And so I was always battling that. Um, what we ended up doing was the whole, I noticed blank, I recommend blank strategy. We did a couple things with upsells that helped. Number one was we only let people upsell things that merited an additional appointment instead mm -hmm. of something that they would do right then. Because for some reason, um, and maybe this was bad, I don't know, but it worked for us. Like if they think they're getting out at four o'clock, they don't want to upsell something that keeps them there till five o'clock. Yep. Even though they get more money, even though I would upsell something to stay there yep. till five. People don't want to do that. They already have it in their head. So that was huge. So when we started, they would upsell something. They didn't have to do it. Another crew would, but they would still get credit for it. That was one thing. Oh, cool. And then, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but however you do it, it has to be a system, right? Yes. It has to be structured and repeatable and trainable. Yep. That's really good. And so we the, have, guess, go ahead. I was going to say, we have the wall of fame slash shame for the technicians. And so <laughs> anything good would go, you know, on the left side, anything bad, like a touch up or, you know, somebody got a bad review or whatever, right? would go on the right and all the good stuff would go on the left. And what we did was we would race the trucks as well, dollar per hour. So when they clock in and they clock out, because again, when you have territory managers, you got a sales force. If they're not doing the work, then they're going to get frustrated because the work's not getting done. So we have to race the truck. So we would do a goal of $200 an hour time in and time out. And we would race the trucks and we would do it, you know, and whoever was the best got a bonus at the end of the week. And same thing, you know, with, with upselling, if they upsell it, then they would get a bonus at the end of the week. Plus that, you know, um, 10% on selling the job. And then the review, you know, we kind of, when we, when we show up to a job, we ask three questions, you know, we want to wow you enough that you'll leave us a five-star review. We want to, you know, make your house so clean in the neighborhood that you refer all your friends and family, you know, and then we want you obviously to use us year to year. So we want to make your customer service experience top notch, you know, so you'll use us year after year after year. And so we kind of have this little script for them to say, but you're right. Like Miguel, he's an excellent, excellent tech but he's quiet and like he yeah. wasn't like that customer service exactly. He's opening up this year. Like he's doing really well this year, but last year, you know, his assistant tech was the bubbly. Everybody loved him, got all the tips and everything. So Miguel would be like, Hey, you go talk to the customer. Right. You know? <laughs> and that's completely fine, you know, cause we want that customer experience to be the best. So if he's really good at talking with the customers, that's great. So you got to use that talent and you got to be the coach of your company and say, all right, you've got to kind of, you know, guide that ship, if you will, and say, look, 
if you guys want to upsell, have him do it or whatever it may be. Yeah. But I like what you're talking about, having that system to say, look, you know, if it's four o'clock, you guys, you know, want to get home and you don't want to do that. That's a system, you know? Yeah. It helped us a ton. And, you know, it was, I, I originally would get mad at people for not upselling. Like, what are you doing? Why are you not doing this? It's so simple. Just do it. Just say it. They need the thing. Just tell them they need the thing. They're going to buy the thing. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I slowly realized that not everybody's cut out of the same cloth. Of course. Yeah. It was causing all this anxiety on, on really good technicians for no reason because they weren't producing any result. They're stressed out. I'm stressed out. And that one little tweak where, um, we didn't ever use the word upsell anymore. We started using the word uh, professional recommenders. Part of our training program was that you as a technician, you are a, you are a professional. You are a like professionally trained, competent technician, kind of like a doctor wearing the white doctor's coat. Like that's what you are for cleaning. And it made it, we tried to frame it as like, you're a high level professional. So when you see something that needs to be done on a client's property, it's your moral obligation to let them know about it. I, I told them specifically, it's not your idea your obligation to sell it to them, but you're supposed to let them know, Hey, I noticed blank. You have a lot of mildew on your deck. I would recommend this because I can cause damage or be slippery. or It's a safety hazard. That's you being like a, a physician of clean to their mm -hmm. house. That mind shift made, made a huge difference. Uh, and to clarify, so what they would do is that we had this brochure at the end of a job It's called a service point checklist. And they would point out all the areas of the house. Everything looks good. This is good. This is good. This is good. Here's a problem area. They'd circle it. I noticed blank. I recommend blank. But they didn't sell them. They just said, hey, if you have any questions, call our office. Then on their work log, they would say, Mary Smith has needs her debt cleaned and she was recommended. Then our sales guy would get these leads every day. Tons of professional recommendations from all the crews from the day before. Mm -hmm. They would call back, hey, I'm just closing out your job order, Mary. I hope everything went great yesterday. But John mentioned that you have some, some, some staining on your deck. Is that something you wanted? To that was our process. When we did it that way, it was like crazy. That is awesome. So it was different, but um, it was a system. Yeah. So last question, Pat. I want to respect your time, man. Um, leadership development. You mentioned you had the three different levels. Can you go into how someone goes from, you know, basic pay up to more pay? Do they get benefits from day one? Do they not? Um, what is your philosophy in investing in them as people? I don't know if they read books. I don't know if you help them achieve their personal goals. Whatever it is that you do to develop them as humans and as technicians, what does that look like? So when they first come on, you know, it takes 90 days to get the benefits. And then we recommend um, books that they read. So like the tier one, tier two, tier three. Um, to get to the tier three, you have to read a couple books, which are going to be like, um, we use a lot in the Dream Maker book because we want to, you know, help them accomplish their goals. Because yeah. if you invest in people, like Zig Ziglar says it, right? You give enough people what they want, you're going to get what you want. Yeah, so the Dream Manager book? Dream Manager. Where thank you, you have the, the dream boards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll put their goals up on there. And like, you know, one technician wants to buy a house and like, you know, one gentleman wanted to get a watch and like, there's a bunch of different things on there that you wouldn't even think of. But when asking questions like that, people didn't have, they're like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, what do you mean? You don't have any dreams or goals or anything like that? He's like, no. I'm like, <laughs> man, I was like, okay, well let's work on that, you know, yeah. and then help them. And then you feel like, you know, you put that, time and love into somebody you know they're going to appreciate that and that's going to make them stick longer too oh yeah so we kind of take them through the dream manager 
We're using um, Howard Partridge Power of Community with our directors. So it's hit or miss because depending on the week, but we try to sit down with them and it's been an hour. So we'll go through and we do pods and then we'll have a facilitator. So it's not just me or not just my wife. You know, we'll have one of the directors lead the pod and then we'll kind of read through the book and um, build each other up and just learn together how we can better the team and become leaders in the company you know, because you've got these guys under you. How can I lead them? How can I serve them? Not just tell them what to do all the time. Mm. And that works out really, really well. Um, tell me about the, the different levels. Like, how do you qualify to get to the level two? Is it based on time or seniority? Is it based on skills? They have to not have callbacks or they have to know seven out of the nine skills that services you offer? Yeah. So, uh, from tier one to tier two, they have to be with us for three months before they can become a tier two tech. So there is time there, right? So three months, but they also have to learn the different things. So tier one is just basic house washing, gutter cleaning, window cleaning, concrete cleaning, a um, little bit of basic roof cleaning, but I'm not going to stick them on a million dollar home. You know, I'm going to stick them on the, the mini mansions, right? Mm-hmm. And And get their feet wet. So there is a training process there before I can let my dispatcher know, okay, you know, James is ready to move to tier two. And so that's my operations manager. So he's kind of feeling them out and giving them a little bit more. Um, And then there's the steps in there, obviously it's it's basically all the training. So they do all the 10 hours of online training. They get all that. And then, like you said, no, no touch-ups, no callbacks, customer service is awesome. You know, that's the stuff we look at. Then if they do jump to tier two, and then they start getting callbacks and they start getting bad customer reviews. Boom, you're back down to tier one. And that okay. affects their pay. Yeah, so they so, get uh, – do you pay a percentage? So we do um, – it's a fluctuating work week. So they actually get a salary. But in South Carolina, you can do a fluctuating work week. So say tier one is $500, tier two is like 650 and then say tier three is 750 Ours are a little bit higher than that. But just say that's the, the norm. So uh-huh. they would get knocked back down. <laughs> To the tier one and they get paid say 500 bucks whether they work 20 hours or 50 hours so we on the back side my dispatcher has to make sure they're getting the production done and so we're actually doing four days on four 10 hour days um, and so all the crews we always have one crew off monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday they still come in in the morning for the meeting and then they still come in and wash their truck and do their truck inspection that day. And if anybody calls in sick or anybody, you know, doesn't show up, we have two bodies that we can say, all right, you're going out on a truck and they love it, but it helps us because you don't have to come in and, Oh, are you serious? Johnny didn't come in today. I have to go on the truck. So that's really, really helped out with. um, That is really good. Those are, that's all just great ideas, man. So much stuff. So if you have any closing thoughts or words of encouragement for the little smaller company with maybe one or two or three crews and, or two or three employees and they want to scale and they got to go find these, these a players. Uh, so put people, when you put people in place, the money will come. A lot of times we're afraid to hire people and you have to get systems. You have to have the heart of the company and that's the system throughout the customer, you know, the customer map, how the customer is going to go throughout your your company, but don't be afraid to hire people get people in place and get a training system in place and just start executing on that and building, building your brand and building your company out. 
I always tell people employees are free. They do not cost money. They make you money. They're money printing machines. That's right. Don't be scared. It's like, it's like you're scared to spend a dollar to make three. That's a crazy talk. So uh, Pat, one of the reasons you're successful too, is you're very obsessed with sales and marketing. Um, Obviously you're feeding the beast and you're always growing and making sales and you got a great ticket price and you're measuring your numbers. I'm really impressed. I'm happy to know you. And I appreciate you taking the time. Um, Have a great rest of your week, my friend. Thank you. Likewise, Josh.